0: how's it going everybody welcome back to another episode devin the bear today we have a very special guest with us carlos nava making his professional debut next june 12th. june 12th june 12th so yeah thank you for coming man thank you for giving us a little bit of your time to come and share your story with us
1: yes sir thank you thank you
0: yeah. why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to uh, people listening
1: <laughs> all right my name is carlos nava i'm a 22 year old from pasadena texas and i'm a upcoming boxer you know Prodigy in the making. I have zero fights right now, but I have my pro debut next month, and yeah, it should be a one 0 one knockout win. And I'm just coming to the game, just trying to get my footsteps in the in the water and trying to make movement.
0: Sounds good. How many amateur fights do you have?
1: I have a 95 amateur fights. Really? Yes, sir. Holy shit!
0: <laughs> what's the what's the record like?
1: Uh, like. Eleven losses and the rest were wins.
0: Really, a lot of knockouts.
1: I have a couple, maybe like six or some were stoppages. Some one was a knockout. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. So
0: how old uh, how old were you when you started training?
1: Um, I was seven years old. Uh, my dad put me in boxing to stay off the streets. You know, just yeah. so I would not get into trouble and started working out getting in shape lost like 25 pounds really yeah I was, I was like 100 pounds at like like seven years old were you a chubby kid i was a chubby kid <laughs> really man that's <laughs> yes,
0: that's crazy that's a call that's funny man uh so uh was it really uh, with the boxing did it ever like did did it catch your eye from the start or
1: uh yeah i did i was seeing people spar and you know i just wanted to get in there and do yeah. it myself you know
0: i got you so what's it called so uh you know you kind of came in Learned discipline from the sport, you know. Did all that, and so was, Since you started, it, was, when you were seven, was there ever just kind of that, you know, you wanted to do that? Did you know since, like, from then on, hey, this is what I want to do for a living?
1: Honestly, uh I really didn't know. I was, I didn't know what I was getting into, you know. I yeah. Had my first fight when I was eight, you know. Okay. And I wanted. I didn't think I was gonna. I'll tell you about it. uh it was up in Humble, and I was. Find this kid from uh lynn collins and he had like about two fights i didn't have no fights so i didn't know what i was getting into you know yeah and i was winning the whole fight just with a one two one two just Mm -hmm. one two you know straight punches and it was like third or second round i kind of low blowed him you know oh shit (laughs) and he started screaming like across the ring you know screaming like ah and then i was just like oh crap you know what i do you know and then i mean gave him like like a minute rest and then we were back at it and then I just started letting my hands go, and then I got that win, you know? Yeah. And from that point on, I was, like, 10-0 as an amateur, and I was undefeated. And my dad was like, all right, we're going to step it up. We're going to fight this kid named Tiger. His name's Rafael Medina. Mm-hmm. He's a pro, too, and he had, like, 20-something fights, 28 fights. And I barely had 10. I was like, all right, pop, let's do it. And then we fought. You know, it was a, just a dog fight. you don't know, go going at it. Mm-hmm. And I had lost it by split by one point, and kind of regretted like stepping up but you know it was a it was a mission and my dad made me do it and i was taking all my anger out on him you know i was like i quit you know like fuck the sport and i don't want to be in the sport no more and then he talked me out of it you know and i kind of got back in it and went on for like a 31 street really yeah
2: that kind of loss that's the stuff that you learn a lot about yourself and who you are Mm -hmm. um you having your dad there probably helped you build a lot of character and how to deal with that loss um you look at people like floyd mayweather his last amateur fight he was he was a loss um and the way he says it is that it was a learning program for him to become a pro but he said yeah after that last loss i was like okay no i I get how the game is played i will never lose again and he never did um but it was a controversial split decision that he didn't really agree with but uh he did lose it and the way that he handled it obviously shows because now he's he is who he is mm-hmm. so you always learn a lot more from losses than you do from wins because when you're winning you know you know how good you are mm-hmm. um but you don't always know what you need to work on so when you lose it really shines a light on what you need to work on uh so you can always learn a lot from losses um so that's a good mindset to have coming from that because mm-hmm. you're saying that it made you want to quit when you had that first loss uh-huh. um, and it was very frustrated uh, having your dad there to kind of Point you in the right direction, you have that motivation now that's focused on this one direction that you can push forward. And, um, like you said, you went 30 and 0 after
1: that. Yeah, I went 30 and 0 after that. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like to lose, you know, just, yeah. But it was like a, it was like more fuel for the fire, you know, just, yeah. just being in top shape, you know, not letting anybody beat you. And from that point on, I was like, all right, I just want to win. I just want to win. I want all these championships, you know, I went to state, like, Seven times, I won. I beat. I won Golden Gloves like three times, and did the the youth. The, I went to Olympic Games, and then I went to state in San Antonio, and that was for a for a what's it called. It was a national tournament. So from there, I fought twice in San Antonio. From there, we went to West Virginia for nationals, yeah. and I was fifteen. And there was like fifty people in that bracket, and then I was had a first bye the first day, so I had a I had a day to like kind of just see how it was, you know, my first national tournament ever. And then I fought the next day, I beat him. Fought the next day, beat him. Fought the next day, beat him. So I was beating all these guys unanimous, just three, three0 I was winning all rounds, and then finally got the championship. And this was for the gold medal for the whole USA. And I fought this guy named Charlie Shi or something like that. And he was from California. He was a tall dude. He had had range, had a jab, and I was just putting that pressure on him because I'm a boxer too, you know? I use my jab too, but I know if I made it ugly on him, he would kind of make him hesitate. And I won that fight, but two to one, it was split. But it was a good, it was a gold medal, you know? Yeah. Just being the number one in the world at 132 pounds at 15 years old, no one else can say that, you know? And then I was supposed to fight overseas, and that year they had a rule where the juniors couldn't go overseas, and that kind of hurt me, hurt my soul, and I, I gave up a little bit. I shouldn't have gave up. I should have just put more fuel to that fire, but I gave up. And then I got. that's when I got into, you know, just that bad crowd, you know, the bad hanging out with friends, you know, parties and stuff like that. Yeah
0: yeah I mean we're young you know you learn from it and stuff but I mean you know considering you're 22 now making your pro mm-hmm. debut you learn from your you learn from your losses you learn from your mistakes so that's why you're in the position you are now you know yeah. we're
2: yeah. we're the other way around you wouldn't be here you wouldn't be making your pro debut yeah. you may not even be a boxer so you, you clearly are on the right path um, would you say you attribute that to your dad and your upbringing
1: yeah my dad was a big part of my amateur career you know Mm-hmm. he was there mentally physical emotionally and physically he would push me to the de- to the end and he wouldn't let me give up like if i wanted a, a day off he'd be like, no you got to go hit the track you got to go you know to the park hit these miles you know extra yeah. extra work and yeah. i hated him for it like i hated him a lot for it i would go off i'd throw tempers and tell him that i don't want to do this shit no more and he would just now nah, yeah keep going keep going so it paid off you know it yeah, really yeah. pays off just being able to go into the pros with All this experience and all these fights and knowing that i can be on top you know i fought most of these guys in nationals i know where i can place myself in the pros and i know how far i can get it's it's just like me it's me versus myself and how far i want to get
2: yeah after a certain point it's always going to be when you know physically you you got it when you when you physically know that you or you know that you physically can handle it um, you know that your skills are going to have your back and you're going to be able to go in there and take care of business. It all comes down to a mental thing. Um, and when you have someone behind you, like you have your dad, that'll mm-hmm. always be there to kind of hold you up um, and support you, then mentally you have nothing to worry about. All you got to go in there is let your let your hands do the work. Yes, uh, uh, I feel like a lot, there's always this. You look at the list of boxers who are great. There's always someone there who has someone like that um i mean heck it's it's fake but there's a reason that rocky in the rocky movies had mickey it's because he had to have someone like that and if mm-hmm. he didn't the character doesn't make sense he's based on rocky marciano rocky marciano had someone like that floyd mayweather had people like that his his dad and his uncle um so you just the list of boxers goes on whether it's real or fictional like there's a reason that there's always someone there is because it's whether you're, whether you're boxing or MMA or more or kickboxing or football or basketball, if you don't have someone there to support you when you're weak, it's just so hard to do it on your own. Um, and like someone we've been talking about lately in MMA, Mike Perry, he doesn't really have anybody to lean back on when he starts having issues mm. and it shows in his fights, he struggles. Um,
0: He's a former pro boxer as well he had a couple of fights when he was
2: 13 he was a muay
0: thai champion yeah he was uh i wanted yeah he was a a state champion when he was 13 in florida so it's like he has the potential but he just uh he has a lot of mental issues Mm -hmm. and i think what it is with him is just he um he has a lot that he works on but like when you see it in his fights now like he's just getting pieced up in his fights Mm -hmm. and um i mean because second he starts to build hype he'll lose one and then Mm -hmm. after that just spiral out of control and he, like, showcased it on, like, social media. Like, he'll be, like, walking around Miami drunk as shit. And then he's just, uh, he's like, yeah, I lost my fight. My girlfriend left me again, you know. But if y'all want to party, I'm down over here. And yeah. it's just, like, his thing, too, though, is, like, he's never had a consistent trainer to put him in, like, to yeah. keep uh, keep a hold of him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been at these gyms before. Like, at one point, like, his corner was just his girlfriend. And yeah. so. Um, and
2: she, she didn't say anything because she doesn't know what to say because she's not trained in any way yeah so she would rub him down with a towel and his reasoning for it was well i'm the only one in there um so like you were saying at the end of the day when you're in there sometimes you hear what your your corner has to say but what what's going to get the job done is just you being Mm -hmm. in that cage or i say cage in the ring Mm -hmm. um but can you imagine yourself doing it without a corner at all
1: Mm Hmm. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine it, but at the end of the day, it's me in that ring. You yeah, know, it's, it's me. just you. Me fighting that other person. Like I'm putting my life on the line. No one else's. And I mean, of course, I'm gonna see what they see outside of the ring. You know. And, yeah. Yeah. And what they see is what I can't see. But I'm gonna go off my my game plan, my mindset going into the ring. Yeah.
0: Who uh who do you usually have in your corner?
1: I usually have my coach Vasquez, my dad Miguel Nava, and my former teammate uh Ivan vasquez
0: okay cool so like usually like if they're making out calls to you do you, whose voice do you usually hear the most
1: probably my pops yeah, yeah yeah it's just
0: natural right it's natural yeah so where are you training out of
1: i'm training out of iceland boxing gym it's over on gessner and kind of like in the Katy area
0: okay okay mm-hmm. cool and so how long have you been right there
1: uh, I've been there for like the past year but I used to go there when I was like 15, 16, you know, get some more of, he has like that boxer Mexican style where it's like pressure, you know, yeah. and a lot of body shots and and I, I kind of need that in my style, you know I kind of want to be versatile where I have, you know, the regular original boxer style, yep. know, jab and hit and don't get hit I want that Mexican style where I can go in, go in and brawl you know, body shots and and I want that you know, that Floyd Mayweather, you know the roll of shoulder and yeah. defense and stuff. I just wanna be all around a, a just a unique type of fighter.
0: Yeah, so whenever it's time for that skill to be shown, you know how to show it. You yes, know, sir. for mm-hmm. sure. That's cool. I think as a as a boxing fan,
2: that's the kind of stuff that people would want to hear mm-hmm. is a guy like you were saying, you can't imagine not having your corner, but if they're not there, you're completely confident in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um and then as far as what kind of boxer do you want to be? You want all aspects. You want it all. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to do it all. Um, and I think that's the kind of stuff that people want. Uh, so whenever they watch someone, they want to see someone who can do anything. So when they watch Floyd Mayweather, I think a lot of the, re- a lot of the reason people don't like Mayweather is because he never has to do anything. He's so <laughs> yeah. good at the one thing is the stick and move, not get, be able to hit and not get hit. Like you said, mm-hmm. he's so good at that. Why would he ever do anything else? That Mm -hmm. always wins him the fights. Um, I think coming from that family, I think he can do more than that. But he doesn't have to. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of my favorite fighters, GSP, is uh, George St. Pierre. He said um, something that he's always been able to do is fight left-handed. And he said he sees it as like a um, secret card that he never He was like, I feel like in my career I never had to play that card because I never felt in trouble enough to where I might have to switch my stance up to keep them guessing because I was always in a in a winning position during the fight um, so yeah one, once you kind of master all the different styles of boxing um, you think you'll um, try to showcase it all every fight or you think you'll try to like hold back and
1: um, I think in certain fights I'll showcase it in, in certain fights where I know I'm winning and don't have to do it I'll probably just coast and you yeah. know, I'll box them in do, do my thing. But if I know I can take him out, I'm going to take him out, you know? Yeah.
2: yeah. Like we were talking with the um, Haney-Linares fight mm-hmm. last night. Um, Haney was winning that fight. Mm-hmm. Getting into the later rounds, uh, he started getting caught. And so the, going into the last two, he was tying up a lot more. But, I mean, you're winning the fight. Yeah. Why why risk yourself? Why, why risk your health? And why risk losing the fight?
1: Yeah, it's championship rounds right there. Yeah. You know? That's the end. It shows what
0: you're made of. Yeah. What's uh? What's your stance? Like, are you orthodox or Paul? I'm orthodox. Orthodox. But
1: sometimes I'll switch it up and go southpaw. When you're feeling, when you're yeah, feeling kind all, of... Yeah, I feel, feel like correct. I mastered orthodox to the point where I can, you know... Yeah, I feel so, comfortable yeah.
0: enough. Hit them with the razzle yeah. fuck with them a little Switching bit. Switch up, keep them thinking, you know? Yeah, for sure.
2: There's a, there's a coach named Jim West, um, and something he had said, and I talked to him a little bit about it on Facebook, um, using a couple of different fighters as examples, but he said you should... He was like, as far as me as a coach, I would never have my guys fight in a stance that they, when they haven't mastered their stance yet. Um, and I I agree with that. I think if you if you've mastered your stance, um, at least to your own personal unique style, mm-hmm. and you want to start throwing some stuff from southpaw or orthodox, whichever is uh, the opposite of your stance, I'm all for it. Um, so you think, though, that you've mastered your orthodox for your style?
1: Yeah, I really think I have because uh, I'm would. I'll. I'm only going to switch when I know I have a person in front of me that I can switch on, you know? I'm yeah, not going to switch yeah. on some top athlete. I'm going to switch on someone that I know I can take out. So yeah, yeah, I feel like I've mastered the orthodox style.
2: If someone's watching you and they see you switch, that means they know you're comfortable. Yeah, I'm very okay. comfortable. That's good. Yeah, I would I try to switch stances. I, I immediately am like, I hate this. I hate this. Why did I do this? And I switch back. I'm like, never mind.
0: I'm bad at both stances, so either way, I'm like, fuck. I don't know. But, but yeah, man, that's cool shit though that you do that. Then, so, uh, what, you know, what kind of uh, boxers do you prefer to watch? Then, like, what's some like some some certain things? I know you know you talk about each type of fighter there were certain stances and stuff like that like you want to emulate a little bit but is there certain ones that like boxers that stand out to you as a whole
1: Mm, as a whole yeah uh as a whole probably not as like in a boxing way of course mayweather yeah In a more aggressive kind of mexican pressure fighter Mm -hmm. i would say maybe Marquez and Canelo.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. I thought we were gonna start with Canelo. So when you said
0: Marquez, I was like, oh. Then you said Canelo, I was like, all right. All right. You ever watch uh Roberto Duran? Yeah. 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 So then, yeah. yeah. Man, he's fun to watch, dude. That dude mm-hmm. doesn't just fucking going at it. He uh, he actually walked out one of these. uh He walked out this um MMA fighter Jorge Masvidal because there was this whole like. Thing, the UFC built up this whole fucking thing like some WWE style like championship belt they call it the uh, the BMF belt mm-hmm. oh, and uh, instead for the baddest motherfucker and then it was like Cory Masvidal who uh, grew up in the streets of Miami fighting fought uh, Nate Diaz who's from Stockton California his older brothers you've probably heard of the Diaz brothers mm-hmm. maybe once or twice but yeah. they um, so they had them fight but it was cool though seeing um, what's that they asked Cory uh, Masvidal like, who do you want to walk you out you know because they made it a whole big event. Like Mike Tyson was there, they had the rock there and stuff and um he they asked uh Horry like, Who do you who do you want that you walk your eyes? I want to Rob Robert, Roberto Doran to walk me out. He's like, That's the baddest motherfucker right there, dude. <laughs> and so uh, it was cool as shit and then when he ended up winning the fight by a doctor stoppage and then they had Roberto Duran come in and give him the belt. Oh, yeah, that's pretty tight.
1: Um, that's... Yeah, he was a dog, he fought a. what was the other guy? They went was it two fights? Um the other boxer he was more like was it a sugar ray yeah
2: yeah oh dang yeah i'm sorry i just i forgot all about that <laughs> yeah, sugar ray yeah ray. those were good man yeah. i think it?
0: sugar ray fought uh mickey ward's brother right his brother yeah, uh i can't remember his brother's first name you, you ever watch a uh, mickey ward fight no, no i haven't seen no. you
2: check out yeah. mickey ward have you ever seen the movie um the fighter with mark Wahlberg? Mm-hmm. it's about yeah. a boxer it's about mickey ward uh, Mickey Ward was um he was always the underdog in every single one of his fights um he's Mickey Irish Ward um he would he would go in there and he would work your body to where the second you drop your hands he'd hit you with the left hook and put you out and it was just every single fight he was so good at doing that he was so good at making it such a dirty fight that the second you would like the second your style would be affected by it and you would change from trying to implement your style to going, okay, this is going to be a dog fight. The second you accepted it, that's when he was like, okay, well now I'm going to fight like a good technical boxer and I'm going to switch levels and you're going to, you're going to get dropped. And he would do it every single time. And then he's got these three fights with Arturo Gatti. Um, and those are some of the best boxing matches of all time. Uh, especially the first one. The first one was the one where both of the guys coming into it, where people were like, okay, Mickey Ward, he, he might win this one. He's still the underdog and he didn't win it. But Arturo Gotti was just a better all-around boxer mm-hmm. than Mickey Ward. Um, and in the second round, you could see, or I mean, the second fight, you could see Arturo Gotti. He knew more what to do. Um, and then after that, Mickey Ward put some some stuff together, and he was looking better in the gym. He was looking better in his life. Um, so they had a third fight, and it still went the same way. So Mickey Ward lost all three fights, but oh. he was always fun to watch, man. But his his the stuff he could do. The amount of punches he could fit into a combination and change levels was amazing. He'd put people up against the ropes and f- fire off like six, seven punches in one combination and then back up, and the people, they would just be
0: looking woozy on the ropes. <laughs> it was crazy.
1: I'm looking to them.
0: Yeah, man. So what's it called? Um, so who's your opponent that you're facing on June 12th?
1: Uh, his name is Roberto Pena, I think. Mm-hmm. You, know,
0: you know anything about him?
1: I just know that he has one loss one mm-hmm. fight and from the valley
0: okay so he, he's pretty uh new as well like to the pro scene yeah. he's probably been box for a while yes, so yeah i got you so what's it called so after uh your win on june 12th uh, what's what's gonna be the meal i mean i know today for lunch you ate a salad man you probably, you probably <laughs> won some real food
1: now You ate a few bites of a salad <laughs> uh probably a uh, some pasta probably some pasta some pasta yeah, yeah
0: that's what, uh I was eating a chicken sandwich for him. I almost moved the kiosk in front of me so you wouldn't be looking <laughs> at it. So I felt bad. it's was like, "Man, uh, discipline, that's right."
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, was I in his sandwich.
0: That's uh there there is this dude, uh this guy named one of the guys we were talking about that his name's Alistair Overeem and he was eating food in front cuz he's a heavyweight. So he eats whatever he wants <laughs> yeah. and he's eating food in front of this other fighter named Islam makachev who cuts to 155 and he's uh he's from dagestan russia and those guys they cut a lot of weight mm-hmm. uh they, they i don't know what it is but they just carry a lot of weight on them and um and it, it, freaking Alistair's just enjoying his food like he's poor, like he i think he's eating pasta in front of him and islam's like dude you have no respect man like what's wrong with you <laughs> and then he slides like the to-go box in front of it so he can't see he's like just have some discipline you're good <laughs> i was like god man i got you but so uh so what else are you into though, and besides you know we boxing, I know that's pretty much a majority of that, but
1: yeah, um, I'm into I like a uh, mother nature, I like going out and seeing new places, you know, yeah, I like the I like arts, more like the therapeutic stuff, you know, just being yeah. calm and getting into myself and my spirit, I like basketball, I like football. Just a, I like everything I like working out, running, swimming, kayaking, fishing, a lot of you know relaxing things, you know?
0: yeah, just be able to relax your mind, just mm-hmm. take a break from everything, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. would you
1: say um
2: sparring or even yeah. just like working out, boxing, would you say that that's relaxing to you,
1: punching the bags, relaxing, yeah, sparring's more' where, like more intense Putting I working more like i you know keep my mm-hmm. head focused and keep your mind sharp yeah, to not get hit, you know. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I feel, I feel like sparring and and working out MMA um whether I'm working on specific techniques or just running drills with friends like I feel like it's like a like it makes my spirit happy. It's so spiritually nice to do mm-hmm. um and I feel like that's when you know what your passion is. Mm. Um so when you when you do stuff like you do you ever go hiking? Yeah, I go hiking yeah hiking it's it's just so nice um there's um tyler state park which is over in tyler it's like five hours from here Um, it's so nice me and my wife went in um like january a couple years ago um or maybe one a little over a year ago year and a half ago and it was so nice we went canoeing we went walking on these trails and it's just trees and the lakes there everything's so freaking pretty um and it really it really just puts you in a better spot mentally being out in places like that Mm -hmm. Uh, so i definitely understand nature being something that calms you that's i think it's it's such a big deal like when you when you see athletes or something and they're jogging like just doing little workouts but they're out in like the middle of nowhere on yeah. these mountains I'm like I get it I get it as yeah mm-hmm. cuz you're kind of combining your two passions and yeah. it's it's something that I think helps a lot uh so uh, like I said I get that I get that and then art kind of art are you into
1: I like painting drawing sculptures anything really just clothing like fashion
2: old fashion i'll never understand fashion (laughs) i'm not that's not me i'm i don't get it (laughs) (laughs) you know asap rocky yeah yeah he has his own that dude i don't understand how he knows so much about fashion uh but he's got his own line out there Mm -hmm. and people actually have runway walks with it and i'm like that's that's freaking cool But I don't get it. I look at those clothes. I'm like, that that can't be comfortable.
1: (laughs) Just I like standing out, you know, just just being unique and just looking different. You know, I don't like following the crowd. I like being my own person. You know, I want to. If I can set a a wave for the younger generations and let them know that it's always good to dream and be different, then I want to set it. You know.
2: Yeah. You know, Calvin Murphy. He's a former rockets player. um you ever watch rockets games? Mm-hmm. you see the dude one of the commentators wearing like a wild suit mm-hmm. that's him okay and so his his closet is is and will be worth more than any amount I could ever spend in my life. That dude's suits are insane. I never
0: seem to say wear the same suit twice yeah you yeah. and
2: you won't he's got the amount of suits he'll get and he'll get he'll get suits for free, I'm sure, but mm-hmm. um he'll go and find like the most wild prints um will be like silk and the fabrics will be from all over the world man if i could wear suits like that i would <laughs> but i I can't so i don't
0: <laughs> i wear t-shirts and shorts and jeans so i know you we talked about like how you're pretty big into music and stuff like what's some music that you li- like to listen to whenever you're working out
1: uh i like rock for sure um i like new generation like you know like x uh Tribu red i like drake for sure mm-hmm. A. S. A. P. Rocky. Mm, what else? Travis Scott. Just a lot of you know, newer generations
2: Yeah. listen any old stuff like?
1: I like you know I like the, the Beatles. I like AC/DC a lot. I got into old you know old old rock because of my dad, and he'd always play it in the truck, and I got listened to it, you know. So yeah. I got used to you listen to it. My pops is just different, <laughs> different guy.
0: Was he a boxer as well?
1: Uh, He did amateur boxing for a little bit. He had, like, five fights. He was three and two. Yeah. He was more of a street fighter. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Did yeah. he grow up in Pasadena as well?
1: Yes, sir. How
2: are you? Your old P-Town. <laughs> yeah. Stink Adina if you're not from here.
1: <laughs> yeah, Pasadena.
2: But, yeah. Yeah, I man. Did you ever, uh, you know that bank that used to be on Southmore?
1: Oh, the one they, uh,
2: they tore it down? Yeah. Did you ever go in there?
1: Never went in there. Oh, man. That was like a, yeah, it was like a
2: rites of passage thing for me and my, like my group of friends growing up is, um, sneaking in there and like, you don't do anything when you go in there. You just try not to fall through the floor or something, but yeah, it was cool. We used to go in there. Um, I had a couple friends who would go into that hospital a little down the road or across the street and there's a building next to it. I'd gone in that building, but I think all those buildings are gone now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they were like Pasadena landmarks almost
1: I snuck into Rayburn yeah, yeah. <laughs> at night at like 2 in the morning and then a cop came in I don't know yeah. what it was I think it was probably a sensor cause we went in through the top of the roof You know? oh okay yeah went through the top there was like a latch and we went in through the restroom and then that cop shone his light like 30 minutes later he's like hey there's like 6 of us so like 5 of us took off I was the first one to take off went to the bag. you are the smart to, one yeah <laughs> like, everybody else just followed me I got out, and then one of our other friends just, he was parked at the parking lot, trying to get away with his truck, and they stopped him. Really? Yeah, and then the, like, dirty cops just surrounded the whole school, and it was crazy. Just, Did you get caught? I didn't get caught. Hell oh, no, nah, man, you're That's in shape. I mean.
0: you, know, you didn't get caught. <laughs> you probably, you, your dad was probably like, hey, you need to go over for a run today. You're like, no, I got my cardio last night. Yeah. It's funny, dude. Yeah. Shit.
2: I feel like a lot, uh, I, you got to do some crazy stuff when you're a kid, man. Yeah. You got to do something. Um, uh, the, whenever I uh, was a kid, I in fourth grade, I was talking about this a little bit earlier. Um, I saw the movie Fight Club, and I went to school and started a fight club. Um, and we had, I'm going I'm to like, name drop a bunch of my friends growing up, but we had, it was myself, this guy Daniel Pineda. We had Gustavo Hutron. We had Shane De Los Santos. We had this guy, Steven. I don't remember his last name, um, but he got whooped up by Shane, which nobody expected that. Cause Steven was this little hood rat kid. And Shane was this quiet kid with real long mullet hair. Um, and Shane, Shane whooped him. And <laughs> I mean, we were kids it was stupid, but like I said, you gotta do stuff like that sometimes. Um, but they'll, they'll, it, we have like a whole bracket set up. Um, And the last two, it was me and this guy Shane, and we went at it. And this kid came in. His name was Joseph. He came in. We saw him poke his head, and then he turned around and walk out, and we just kept going. Um, And then teachers started yelling into the bathroom, and I was like, oh, man, he told on us. (laughs) And so we walk away, and we're like, I I had like some... Like all these red marks all along my like jawline and my throat, yeah. And he had he had some like busted up on his eyebrow, and we we were going out and we're like, no, nah, we weren't doing anything. Um, but yeah, we ended up getting suspended, and we came back for, with like two or three days left of school. Um But yeah, like you just you just do stupid stuff when you're kids having fun, I, and I feel like that helps you learn faster. Mm-hmm. Like you learn what's stupid and what's not stupid. Um so I mean that's it's helpful if you ask me. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm not the right person to ask.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so outside of boxing though, so uh we talked a little bit so you'll be starting
1: a family soon. Uh yes sir. Uh my fiance is currently uh having she's she's pregnant uh like almost 3 months pregnant.
2: Really? About that's to start awesome. providing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Gotta start
2: providing. Got to make that boxer money. Yes
1: sir. <laughs>
0: So y'all do y'all know what it is yet? If it's gonna
1: be boy or girl? Oh, we don't know as so? of right now. Probably her next appointment. Right? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Hopefully a boy. A yeah. <laughs> you to train them? Oh uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna train them.
2: That's my goal. I wanna I wanna train my kids early. I don't know when I'm gonna have kids, but whenever I do, I wanna train <laughs> them early.
1: Yeah, make some legends, you know.
2: Yeah. I mean, they, well, yeah, they don't even have to compete. I just want them to to know defense yeah
1: yeah
0: it's important to know self-defense that's what Mm. like talk with some friends about it you know like they're having kids and stuff i don't have any kids yet i don't want any i'm good right now but (laughs) uh you know like uh it's important to know self-defense like even if like you know your path you know that you're following if it wasn't going towards boxing you know at least you knew how to defend yourself in case Mm. you ever needed it you know it teaches discipline it shows a lot it helps build character you know i'm sure you know if you can contribute a lot of your confidence to boxing you know
1: mm-hmm. no you're right i think self-defense is a big important thing to have you know even for girls you know
2: yeah for sure i think um even if it's not for self-defense even if it's just doing it because you want to knowing that when you walk into a room and you look at everybody there and you know okay nah. I'd be able to handle myself with these people mm-hmm. or if these people wanted to start crap with these people, I can stop that. Um, it's just, it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, um, like a very, I don't want to say it instills a lot of confidence, but it's a uh, kind of confidence that I think people need to be able to, like I said, walk into a room and know. So safe and yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a lot of people don't have that. I think uh, you get a lot of macho guys that feel mm-hmm. insecure but it's because they don't know how to fight. They know maybe if I hit them, I can drop them. So they try to get in your face about it. They try yeah. to be overly aggressive. But it's like you're sitting there, like, Nah, man, I, I know what I'm doing. So you can either back up or I can put you away. Yeah. But you need to pick one real soon because I'm getting tired of hearing you. And that tends to be the case is they're just talking, mm-hmm. and
0: once the talking's done, they don't do anything. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure if someone says something to you, you're probably like, Dude, I'll fuck you up. I'm not gonna waste time <laughs> with this. Yeah.
2: It's like, man, my hands are worth
1: too much. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. So your dad was doing street fights. You do many street fights? My dad or me? Yeah, Or me? Um, I had two when I was, like, you know, 13, 14. Yeah. At school or what? No, one was at a barbershop. At a <laughs> <laughs> barbershop? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I was sitting in a chair and, you know, these uh, duck watches, you know? The yeah, yeah. The truck guys. He was talking to us and... I was like, "Are you talking to me? Like, why are you talking about to me?" And he kept going off. Like, "All right, you let me get this fade first, and then we will go in the back, and, <laughs> and then, you can catch this fade, bitch." Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, we went to the back. They made a whole circle. You know, all really? the people. Yeah, all his friends. And he, I let, I let him throw the first punches. He threw a, a one-two and a hook, and he kind of like glid my cheek, and I got mad. You know, like, all right. So he took his first contact. So I, uh, I threw a one-two, and then I do the same punches: one-two hook, and. I knocked him down, and he yeah, just had a swollen eye, and that was it. They stopped it.
0: You, but you showed him how to really throw it, pretty much. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah.
1: So. What kind of barbershop are you going to, man? Yeah. <sighs> my friend was starting to cut hair, and he was cutting it in the back of his house. So he had, like, the shed, and people would come and line up and sit down. Oh, okay, and, okay, okay. Yeah. I was just imagining some, like, small
2: barbershop. I don't know. I think barbershops, <laughs> and my first thought, is always old man. Yeah, pair of clippers and
1: scissors <laughs> no he was my age <laughs> you know getting ready to start some business and...
0: nah man I thought I immediately thought about some barbershop I used to go to over off Richie mm-hmm. by, by I think it's by Roms you know what I'm talking about I think so yeah like what's it called was, that's the first one I thought about my like, man if I'm, it sounds like some shit that would go down right there like
1: across the car wash yeah nah yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, man that's fucking funny
1: though
2: yeah that's just the kind of stuff that happens in Pasadena though Mm-hmm. Okay, that's just, I don't know. That's just how it is. Yeah. You know, you either uh, if you're gonna talk mess, you're gonna have to put it up at some yeah. point. And if you don't,
0: nobody's gonna want to be around you. Yeah. You, you ever seen that video? Of those uh, college football players, uh, they sucker punch some kid in the bathroom at the bar. I haven't seen that. Oh, uh, dude, it's nuts! Like they uh, they sucker punch this dude, I'll and they like they bust his nose open, and so they start talking shit. we're come to find out, the dude like could fight and they didn't know like he trained i don't know what he trained in but uh he fucking he uh he slapped him and then the f- football player just like stepped back and then he just like went off and he picked him up and threw him on the ground on the bathroom and um one of the football player's friend tried to like uh, try to get involved and one of his friends trained also and uh he just picks him up and slams him into the bathroom stall and shit and uh, it was it was rough dude <laughs> And, um, but yeah, I like think one of the guys almost lost his eye because the way he fell into the bathroom saw his eye caught yeah. the corner. I was like, man.
2: Mm. Yeah, oh. basically, it was uh, typical athletes who are bigger than other guys in the room. So they're a little bit too, like we were talking about earlier, they're real macho. Yeah. Um, they feel like, yeah, if I hit someone, you know, it'll hurt. But they don't know how to throw the punch. So maybe they're feeling a little insecure. I don't know what the deal is there. But they go into a room with a bunch of people who actually know how to fight. And uh, apparently, like, if you go look at those guys, they got Cauliflower Ear, uh, which is a big kind of telltale sign, Mm -hmm. hey, these guys have been around the block, you know, you don't need to mess with them. Um, But yeah, he, one of his, the guy who started the fight, uh, his buddy was behind him, uh, one of the other college football players, and he reached over and slapped someone. And as that guy got slapped, by the time he looked back, um, the guy who slapped him had already brought his arm back and went back behind the initial guy. So that's why he hits that first guy. So, yeah, I feel like that's... You just... When you, when you train, you know what you're doing. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and generally, they're not going to be the first guy to go start something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think especially when it... as As... As MMA becomes more popular, um, you have a lot of guys who are kind of. Originally, you had a lot of guys who they would go in there and start crap. They were those they just were those kind of people. They would go in there and start crap, um, but as it becomes more of a popularized sport, like you see a lot of boxers there, when they go out in public, they're not trying to start crap. Um, but then you have guys who are, and it's usually younger guys who haven't been tested yet Mm -hmm. they don't they don't really go in there and mess around they just they might wrestle with their friends or they might watch the fights they're usually the ones starting crap uh the experienced guys are the ones who are sitting back waiting to have to defend themselves because they Mm -hmm. like i said when you walk into a room you can kind of know what's going on um so when someone walks up or they start standing out you know who to look for yeah you ever go anywhere and Feel like, okay, these are the people I have to watch out for because they're probably gonna start try and start stir some stuff up.
1: Yeah, one's making noise, and you know, always one's kind of just looking at you. Just, yeah, but you know, it's always like I think probably younger ones, like you said, you know, that just don't have no experience and it's just ha- they haven't been tested and out there, you know, they yeah, haven't got yeah. their ass whooped yet. Yeah, they yeah. haven't yeah. got their ass whooped, but you know, just you know, like people like us, we just sit back you know we relax and just if it comes and we'll be you know we have yeah. our weapons and we're just sitting back and enjoying ourselves we're yeah co- we're confident like you said we're confident yeah. and safe in our atmosphere
2: and it, it's not like a, a confidence where you walk into a room with your chin up high and you know mm-hmm. you just walk into you're just doing your life because it's a, like you said it's a safety thing it's more of a i feel safe and i'm not really worried yeah, about it yeah. um like i know what i look like i look like a chunky white dude mm-hmm. like i get it but, I mean, yeah. I know what I'm capable of, yeah. so I'm not worried about it. No
1: one knows what gifts we have, you know, or what yeah. crafts we know. And that could be for anybody. It could be a skinny kid. It could be a yeah. big kid.
2: Especially these days. You don't have to be some yoked mm-hmm. freaking athlete to be yeah. able to fight anymore. Like, um, you look at boxers. Like, one of the uh, biggest names in heavyweight right now is Andy Ruiz. Even mm-hmm. though he did just lose a bunch of weight, he's Tyson Fury. We'll We'll use him as an example, too. Mm-hmm. They aren't shredded, mm-hmm. like... Deontay Wilder or Anthony Joshua, um, but they'll mess. They'll put you down just as fast. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you you can't go anywhere anymore and expect to be able to pick out who can defend themselves. Like, mm-hmm. and and I I don't understand the mindset of doing that anyway. But yeah, just be respectful. But I think. I think there's just a lot of people, uh, in in combat sports right now that are kind of showing exactly that you don't have to be like Jack to be able to do stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, in MMA, you have uh, Derek Lewis, who very muscular dude, but he he's not he's not lean by any means. Uh, but he he's from Houston. He's a heavyweight. He's is he number one. Mean, number three. Yeah. Well, he's fighting for the title. Um, Actually,
0: fuck, he's two. I forgot. Two. Yeah, because Stipe's number
2: one. Oh yeah, St- that makes sense. Stipe's yeah. number one. But you have him, and I mean, he's the only guy to ever beat the current heavyweight champion, other than Stipe. Um, and if you've seen Francis Ngannou, you've seen Francis Ngannou. That dude is a mm-hmm. monster. There is no such thing as a better physique than him. Um, natural physique, anyway. Um, you have Derek Lewis. You have, I mean, we were talking boxing. Andy Andy Ruiz, Tyson Fury. Um, I mean, heck, Ryan Garcia. He he's not in any. I'm not saying he has a bad physique at all, but he's very lean. He's very mm-hmm. small. He's very thin. Um, so you have him wearing a hoodie. He just looks like some dorky small guy. <laughs> yeah. You go in there, and he's gonna get punches off before you're even done throwing your hand, man. Mm-hmm. That dude's so fast. So yeah, like the world's kind of combat sports is becoming a lot more common, a lot more popular. Um, boxing, having been around as long as it has, um, like you were saying, there's all these different kinds of styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of N MMA, you can always kind of predict when the next style is going to start taking over. So like right now, I think a lot of people are predicting wrestling to come back and be the more dominant style with boxing what do you think is going to be a more dominant style? So I think for a while we had, like you were saying, there's the Mexican style boxing Mm -hmm. uh, where you're putting pressure on and you're working body a lot. I think for, and then for another period of time, we had the stick and move. Uh, What do you think is going to be the next one? Like, what do you think right now is the, is the most popular style of boxing?
1: Right now? Most popular style would be like, like Tank and Lopez, you know, yeah. they're they're aggressive. Really they're aggressive, but they're also Bonds. They're also boxing. They're also like being smart about it, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just coming in, you know, letting their shots off, coming out, you know, being slick with it, you know.
2: Also, like technical strike, technical boxers who mm-hmm. look for the look for their timing mm-hmm. and then throw the heavy combinations, mm-hmm.
1: like boxer punches. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I could see that. You think? Um, are Are Javante Davis and Ryan Garcia set to fight yet?
1: I don't think so.
0: No, I think Ryan Garcia does have a fight set.
2: Yeah, oh, he does. Who's he? Who's
0: he fighting? I don't know.
2: It don't matter. It needs, <laughs> it needs to be Javante Davis.
1: Yeah, I think. Mean, I don't know. That's a tough one. I think Davis can knock him out, but if Ryan don't let him, I think Ryan will take it in scorecards.
2: Yeah, I could see that being the case too. Davis is too strong, um, and he, he he hits too hard. But, yeah, Ryan Garcia is fast. He's smart. Um, I don't know, man. I think he could get overconfident, though,
1: against Davis. Hopefully, like, in two, three years, I'll be up there and take my shot at Ryan.
2: Yeah, you can take him out and be like, yeah, nobody cares about you fighting
0: Davis anymore. You aren't going to no, do I'm, it. I'll do it. I'm going to be at a bar, fucking cue ball, ball, and be like, hey, I know that guy. <laughs> But shit, yeah, that's what, uh, who's that, man? People were fucking giving, uh, Ryan Garcia shit because he hangs out with those YouTube kids. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, he's like 20 years old, dude. This is, this is like what he grew up watching and shit. This yeah. is, this is how things are for the newer generation. But, uh, man, he's, a, you can't ever deny his fucking work ethic, though. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a hard ass worker and he's fast. Mm-hmm. But, um, Davis I think Javante Davis is fucking incredible. He's strong, dude, for, especially for that weight class he's in. It's mm-hmm. like, man, but, we we'll see what's up, and we were talking earlier about Canelo. He's you know his next. He's already dominated every weight class he's been in. But do you think he actually goes up to cruiserweight?
1: Mm-hmm. I don't think so. You
0: don't think so? I don't think he I think he's too small.
1: I think so too. I think yeah. he still has a couple more people to take out in this weight class. Mm-hmm.
2: Who do you think he's got?
1: For sure, Chola brother, and then after that, I oh don't know.
0: There's this other boxer that was showed up to his press conference after he beat uh, Billy Joe Saunders. Um, what was that guy's name, dude? Um, D'Angelo something. I can't remember his last name. But him, his dad showed up to Canelo's. Um,
1: yeah, Andre. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And um, he showed up to his uh, press conference talking shit to him. And it's like, oh, it's a, Canelo's English has gotten really good, <laughs> and so he's like, get the fuck out of here. And I could not stop laughing, man. I was like, God. he's like, he's just he's here for the press. I was like, man, yeah.
1: But. Yeah. but I don't think he stands his chance against Canelo.
0: No, I don't think so
1: either. It's mm. hard
2: to say that anybody would. Which I do you think that when Canelo fought Mayweather, do you think Canelo I guess first off, do you think if they rematch you think Canelo wins?
1: Mm. No. You know? I, don't think I, so. I think he would. I think he
2: he he knows how to handle Mayweather not no, I won't say how to handle, but he knows what to expect from Mayweather. So he he knows how to readjust. Um I think I think he like I said, you learn a lot more from yeah, a loss yeah, and I yeah. think Canelo's learned a lot. He did. Since then he's shown that he's become a better boxer. But I feel like
1: all right, who would win in, in a fight? Prime Mayweather or Prime Canelo? Prime Mayweather. Probably, yeah. I mean, well, we're we're we're
2: seeing Prime Canelo yeah. grow right in front of us. So who knows, really? Mm-hmm. Um, but as it stands now, Mayweather doesn't get touched. Yeah, in his age now, mm-hmm. put him in his prime, like yeah. good
0: luck. That's what was kind of scary about Mayweather too. Is before he was champion, he was knocking everybody out, but he mm-hmm. still wasn't getting touched. And then when he became champion, you saw him became a much more defensive fighter, where he's going yeah. in there and he looked exactly like. He looked walking into the fight, walking out, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, uh, it happens a lot with champions. They eventually have to change their style. They have to change something because people are going to start catching on to what they were doing before. Mm-hmm. So you just have to be one step ahead. But, I mean, he was smart to go in there, take a little as little damage as he could, and still made a shit ton of money doing it. And so that's what you see other guys that just take way too much damage for too long, and mm-hmm. then they just can't do it anymore.
1: I think Mayweather was really good at adapting, you know? Yeah. Throughout throw a fight, he would adapt if he was getting beat in a certain style.
0: And he's fought generations of styles. Yeah, he has. And so just to be able to do that, because you look at somebody like Amir Khan. Amir Khan still does it, but he has a glass jaw now. He's done it for too long. Mm-hmm. Your durability gives out after years of just getting punched. You mm-hmm. know, it's just your, your mind could be in there, but it's just you won't ever be able to hold up to that.
1: Your body. Right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. like uh, another, like even MMA fighter like Chuck Liddell. Like, he was good for a long time, and then out of nowhere, you just saw... I mean, he was fighting big guys, but he started getting knocked out left and right. It was mm. anything that would touch his jaw, It was that was it. Like, whenever he lost to uh, Rich Franklin, it was a good shot. He just kind of walked right into it. It just hot, it caught him right between the nose and the upper lip, just and just shut him out. And then you saw him retire, and then he came back. He fought Tito Ortiz, but he just looked like a shell of himself. And Tito Ortiz, I mean, he's got pretty decent boxing. He worked with Sal Solis on his hands, and... Um, for a while he's done that but um it's just after a while it's just his mind's there but his body's not you know i mean the guy was closer to 50 when he decided to come back and fight and so that's kind of what i'm curious about with like oscar de la Hoya. is you know if he was to fight uh george st pierre because i mean it's gonna be strictly boxing that's you know gonna be oscar's home but then you got a guy who's an mma fighter and um but it will GSP, he be able to GSP's
2: older but he's still got it yeah um, gsp retired went like five years without fighting and then came back and beat not only he, he didn't just beat the middleweight champion uh, which is a weight class above what he's used to he came back and he dropped the middleweight champion with a head kick and then choked him unconscious and it was one of the tightest chokes I've, uh, rear naked chokes I've ever seen. Mm-hmm, so he he showed that he still got it. So if he were to go over to boxing, I don't know how well he would do, but seeing what condition that Oscar De La Hoya is in physically and maybe even mentally, like who knows mm-hmm. what he's capable of anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what you you as a boxer when you want to. What kind of record do you have other than just undefeated? By the time you retire, like, what kind of legacy are you wanting to leave behind?
1: I want to leave my, uh, for sure, I want to leave my name on this planet. Like, I want to be compared to, like, Muhammad Ali, you know, Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, you know, I want to be up there with the greats. I at least want five straps. I want five belts. Yeah, different weight classes or different? Mm, If I can, five different weight classes. If not, then I'll I'll stay in the weight class for two times. It don't matter. Yeah. But I feel like my body will grow into a maybe a a strong middleweight. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I mean, you're only 23. Your body's still gonna be growing. You know, mm-hmm. you haven't you haven't fully. I think by the time you're 27, you'll definitely see it. That's whenever you hit your uh, physical prime, your biological prime. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, considering that. Like yeah, you'll, you'll probably grow a little more your chest will probably your shoulders will broaden out a little more and it's gonna be like you'll be looking back and it's like you could probably even do it now even a couple of years ago go watch one of your amateur fights and you see it's like damn i don't even look like that anymore yeah you said you, you actually uh still have um footage of like when you were a kid when, from your amateur fights
1: yeah I do yeah mm-hmm.
0: that's crazy it's cool as though
2: well, is, is this this is your like first podcast interview uh yes Everything? it is yeah mm-hmm. cool when you're retired and you got that legacy wherever going to interview you again, I'll be like, hey, man, remember when uh, you said you were going to retire like this? Good job, man. <laughs> I'm going to give you a thumbs up and that's it. I'm going to walk out. I'll be like, yeah, no, I'm done here.
0: He <laughs> did what he said he was going to do.
2: It'll be like in the movies. I'll walk away and I'll be like... I'm going to play some
0: really shitty 80s music while he does it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, I think I'll have a good time to do what i want to do i'm 22 you know i got a couple years you know i think i can stay in my prime for a good 13 15 years probably yeah yeah
0: and you know talking with you you know you talk about like you can remember your first loss because the thing is is a lot of like people especially because when it comes down to like team sports is like you can blame a loss on anything Mm -hmm. but when it comes down to a combat sport either it's uh, boxing, MMA, kickboxing, anything. It's just, you know, it's you in there. But a lot of people was like, you know, a loss can make or break you. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, you know, it's just talking with you. It's just, you know, that loss made you into saying, like, no, I want to be better. Like, I'm not yeah. going to, I don't, I don't like the way that felt at all and stuff. And so that's always something that's good to keep in mind. It's just like, and you had your dad there to make sure, like, hey, no, I'm going mm-hmm. to keep you on the right track too, which is always important because, I mean, shit, dude. I remember, like, like we were just talking about being, You know teenagers doing a bunch of dumb shit and so it's like but no matter what at the end of the day it's like you had your mind on the right track you know so that's always important then
2: what kind of uh what kind of lessons do you take with you into each fight like every fight you got like one or two things that in your head you're kind of repeating yourself like stay calm or be aggressive Like, what are, and of course, it'll kind of vary depending on who you're fighting, but Mm -hmm. what are like the main things that you've been taught throughout your training to kind of remember?
1: Mm, I remember that, well, in training, my work ethic is up there, so I'm always in shape. So I always tell myself in a fight, I'm in shape. I get nothing to worry about. I'm not going to gas out. I'm not going to, they're not going to beat me by me gassing out or getting tired. They're going to beat me by either they're going to knock me out or that's it. Like, (laughs) they're going to have to knock me out. (laughs) I think uh coming into a fight too, I just strong mind, you know the crowd I'm gonna believe that the crowd is my energy, yeah I'm gonna feed off the energy and i'm gonna, I'm just gonna go hard, you know what happens if uh, you're getting booed? I'm getting booed and I'm gonna have to just diss the crowd for a little bit and <laughs> and box and 'cause I know uh, I know the crowd like I can't listen to the crowd all the time man yeah, I know I gotta i'm not always gonna have a crowd to to my advantage you know i might be in their hometown or i might be boxing and you know some crowds they want to see actual you know a dog fight and yeah. i'm and gonna maybe give that's me the best way to do yeah, it i'm gonna get me my win you know like yeah. if it gets them mad i still want my win if it gets me a belt i want my win you know yeah now a lot of um a lot of boxers throughout history of when
2: they're getting booed, they kind of use that and they feed off of that. And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, like you can hate me all you want. Look what <laughs> I just did to your guy though. Yeah, Was um, that Klitschko? Klitschko. Yeah, both um, of them. Ricky Hatton liked to do that. Ricky Hatton, he was, <laughs> he was, a nice guy. Uh But he liked going overseas and beating people up in their own hometown. Like, I feel like that's like a, a lot of English fighters like to do that. Mm-hmm. They like to go and beat people in America or beat people in you know wherever it is they're from so i know michael bisping like doing that mm-hmm. um One more yeah so
0: going out there i forgot who he fought he like no moschenko <laughs> talking shit on the mic it's like oh man
2: so i feel like i feel like that's something that uh is always important having those a couple things in your head that way if you ever start getting distracted remember a couple things that get you focused back on like even if it's just the crowd mm-hmm. you start getting distracted just start remembering hey the crowd's cheering like okay this is what they're cheering for
1: yes sir you
2: don't have to yes sir, me man i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> you're the fighter <laughs> man we're just the interviewers yeah. nah, but i i, th- I think it, like i said I, I do think it is important to always have one way to focus back on the fight if you ever get distracted mm-hmm. um because i know a lot of the times, like, w- when it comes to a crowd, a lot of times you're not even going to notice them there. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you'll be so involved in your fight that you don't even notice them. Um, and that, I think, is one reason it's nice having a corner, because you can always hear their voices. Yeah. Um, you may not be able to distinctly hear what the heck's going on in the crowd, but you'll hear your
1: corner. You'll hear the other guy. Um, you talk mess a lot when you box. No, but I mean, I don't talk much, but I do kind of like showboat. Well, not yeah. showboat, more like if, if he like if he's like talking mess or something, I'll, I'll stick my tongue out, you know, or <laughs> I'll, I'll like <laughs> or I'll have my hands down, but I'll use that as bait for them to come in, you know. Yeah, or, right. and I will take a quick step back and just you know hit them with a good pop, and then that's. That's what I'll do a lot with like we were talking about I have that stepping jab.
2: Mm-hmm. That's what I'll do a lot. I'll lower my hands and kind of lean low and like step back and have them yeah. have that have them take that step that I just took so I know exactly where they're going to be because that's where I just was and then I step forward with that jab the second they step there. Mm-hmm. Um So yeah, I, I get it. I don't I don't consider myself showboaty, but I think I can I think I do a lot of things that probably seem yeah, yeah, showboaty. Or annoying.
0: <laughs> you watch uh Jack Dempsey? Oh.
1: Old boxer.
0: No, you should check him out, dude. I'm Fucking dogfight. But uh Mike Tyson talks about him a lot. That was his main inspiration. But uh this guy fought back in like the early like nineteen hundreds and stuff. But uh he just he would travel everywhere specifically because like uh, people wanted to watch him fight. Like he was like mm-hmm. one of the first like big stars in boxing but uh you watch a fight just his, it's more of like his mentality going into it like he was like no nah, like i'm gonna fuck this guy up you know he just was like i'm gonna maul this guy and um <clears throat> it's always pretty cool to see that it's just like how mentally strong some of these guys can be you know i'm mm-hmm. sure it's the same exact thing for you you know mm-hmm. and so yeah but i was gonna tell you if i see you with a mullet i'm probably gonna bring some clippers to your box <laughs> no, i'm not doing that you, you.
1: <laughs> um,
2: what what was your gym again
1: uh, Aslan Boxing Gym.
2: Aslan Boxing Gym. Mm-hmm. Um, what other guys you got there? Like, do they have any other fights coming up soon?
1: Yeah, uh, my friend, my teammate, uh, Ivan Vasquez. He's yeah. fighting on the same card. Yeah. Mhm. He's like five and zero right now. Should be six and zero after that night. Do you feel like um,
2: with with y'all at y'all's gym? Do you feel like you will have like a like a team kind of mentality when you go into these cards together?
1: Yeah, yeah, team. We we all putting the hard work together. A coach is always with us. He's always there at every training. You know, if like he has, if when you recover, he'll make an ice bath for us or he'll take us out. Yeah, it's like doing that ice bath the other day. Yeah, it was was hell, but... (laughs) (laughs) The first 10 minutes is hell. The rest is just... You're used to it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think... um, It seems like for a long time, a lot of gyms would focus on the one guy they thought had it mm-hmm. and then they'd move away from everybody else. Um, but I think here in the last like five years, 10 years, mm-hmm. they've kind of focused more on like a team aspect of it. Um, so you have like Metro fight club that we keep talking about. Mm-hmm. They have a handful of guys, uh, Mano Martinez, Jacob Silva, Adrian Yanez, uh, Michael Aswell, Uh, and when you go to their fights, they're all there supporting every single one of them. Um, they all go crazy for them. Um and then like in the UFC you have American top team you have yeah. the people who train with uh, Trevor Whitman yeah um, they he's there for each and every single one of them and he's one of the best coaches in the game right now mm-hmm. so for him to find time to make it not about the one fighter make it about everybody I think that's super cool and I think it's really necessary for everyone to again like we were like I was saying earlier to have to know that you have people who have your back mm-hmm. um, it kind of makes you feel like you're fighting for something um so it's always pretty cool just to see people kind of band together
1: yeah, i think it's powerful like if you have all these talented of fighters you might as well make all of them champion you know just yeah instead of one
0: that's why, like uh, trevor woodman we were talking about him earlier he's a phenomenal coach and it's just like you hear him speak and he just understands things so well and um he used to have a big gym but then he ended up like downsizing he just picked a handful of fighters was like look i just want to train these guys these are people i get along with instead of just because then he talks about like you know you'd really it's hard to make time for everybody at the gym and mm-hmm. so uh but all his fighters are very successful fighters too um two of them are world champions right now one of them is uh just fought for the world title last year um but he's an exciting fighter. And uh, that guy, I mean that guy Justin Gaethje, he's fun to watch. He's called the, they call him the human highlight reel, just because he goes in there. He just well, he's either like you, I knock you out, or you knock me out. It's one or the other. But uh, he was a strict like wrestler. But when he even when he got into like amateur MMA and stuff, he was even like, no, I'm gonna box. Like I'm not gonna put on boring Five, fight. People work their ass off for these tickets. And stuff, which it's kind of different when uh, it's very very different when it comes to like MMA. It's like you can kind of go in there and throw down boxing. You have to be very technical. They call it the sweet science for a reason, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I know he, I think he trains a boxer too. But I just I can't remember who exactly.
2: What are you? What are you hoping to get
1: out of a boxing career? I'm hoping to get a a well platform where I can be stable in. I want to make a change in the world where I want to I want to help certain communities like of course I would help the Black Lives Matter community, I would help um, all these younger generations come up and give them hope that they're still you can still dream and you can still make a change in this world and you gotta just remove all negativity from this world and I will team up with different different groups and just really shine a light on parts of the world where it needs it you know yeah like of course like africa or you, you heard of james smith when he, you know what he's mm-hmm. doing yeah. stuff like that the, the with
2: stuff like his water company yeah. and yeah
1: yeah yeah
2: there's a um i mean we're always bringing up mma fighters uh but there's an mma fighter named dustin poirier um and i
0: was just about he, to bring him up too
2: he's yeah. such a cool dude um but he he's he works with the good fight foundation so he works with kids who don't have good opportunities Mm -hmm. um right now one of his main goals is to build a gym um not necessarily for troubled kids but again for kids who just don't have a lot of opportunities he's trying to get together an mma gym that will be specifically for them and as long as they're making good grades in school and having good conduct and have proof of that they get free tuition in the gym Mm -hmm. um, or free membership i guess
0: because he talks a lot about like you know he grew up on the streets just fighting all the time like, his, uh, he don't, don't, I've never heard him talk about his dad, but um, he, he's talked about his mom. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he talked about his mom. His mom, you know, she has a really troubled past. And so uh, he's like, I grew up just on the streets of Louisiana just fighting all the time and stuff. So if I can help those kids stay out of trouble and help give them a path, that's the most important thing, you know. Mm. So, um, <clears throat> and I think that's a good thing, you know. I mean, you know, we grew up, like we talked about, we, we all grew up in Bastina. So it's just like being able to give these kids an outlet. So they're not running yeah. around doing dumb yeah. shit. Yeah. And
2: I think Pasadena needs that. Cause I go around Pasadena and I'm not trying to hate on any of the gyms in Pasadena, but I would rather train my kids on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're right. I, not that they're bad gyms, but, uh, I don't, I don't get that, that feeling that I would want from an, uh, from a gym over at, like over at Pasadena. Um, I know of a few specific gyms that I've gone to, <coughs> and I won't I won't say names just because, like I said, I'm not trying to hate on anybody. They're running a business, um but that's kind of what you get to feel is that they're running a business. They're yeah. not trying to help these kids. They're some not people, trying to help their yeah, people.
1: Some people do it for the you know money, and some people do it for the kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like everybody should just think of the kids. You know, the, yeah. the newer the generation coming to the world. Yeah, the future. So every, like every minute or every, every view I get coming to this boxing pro career, I want to turn it into, you know, light. You know, Put light a positive the, spin on it. Pay, pay it forward. Positive energy, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, another fighter that actually Justin Poirier teamed up with to bring water to the people in Uganda. They uh, work on, like, making cleaning, clean water for them, uh, housing for them. His name's Justin Wren. He's been doing that for a long time. But, um, he worked with this kid recently, or I won't won't say worked with, um, there's this kid, Raiden, who was getting, um, bullied. He has, uh, he's a, um, mentally challenged kid, however, however the right term is. Um, but he was getting picked on by all these kids. And I mean, this, he's, he's much bigger than these kids. So if he wanted to hurt them or fight back and he did, I I think he would have put them in their place but he's just not that kind of kid so there's just this video of like three or four different kids like two two or three boys and two or three girls picking on him all together and it was just it was rough to watch um justin rim got with him and he got him going to mma gyms was teaching him some stuff he would take him to go like hang out with baseball players and watch the games he would take him to like races and like all kinds of stuff and just get him to kind of come out of his shell and have some confidence and learn to that the whole world's not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think everybody needs that, uh, not just kids, but kids especially. Cause if they're stuck in this place where it seems like there's no hope, then what do you have to look forward to? Why even bother trying to have a good future? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's definitely a good message. I think that's a good outlook. Uh, and I hope that we can provide some help to that, some kind of, platform for you um we are super appreciative of all of our listeners uh we have some in germany we have some in canada now um we have our family our friends uh, and if if anyone was to ever want something positive i hope that we can kind of help provide that Um, if, if listening to this helps anybody or if listening to you helps anybody, like I definitely would want that. Um, so yeah, anytime that we have you on here, we can, you can talk about whatever you can tell, you can give your ideas for a better future. You can tell your ideas on what you, how you think things should be in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what it is it's a platform
0: yeah and that's what like we talked about when we were in lunch is like you know like it's this is like we want to hear your story you know like mm-hmm. we were we were shot to you because we wanted to get to know you we see you coming up we've seen even just watching your training we're like man that kid's got fucking something like he's got that's nasty he's got the technique he's has all these things and so um just for you to make the time out of your day to come over here and just talk with us man it's like that's cool as fuck and so it's just we're hoping that you know even though we have a small knit community it's just the thing is just like we're just here to give you a voice and let your story be heard let you let everybody know who you are and share that because that one person might share that to somebody and that one person might say oh my friend's a boxing fan and then next thing you know it just blows up it's kind of weird how things have a certain domino effect you know
1: yeah
0: it's it's nuts. No, it's like um talking with some people like i've talked to a friend she, oh my boyfriend's a fan of me i'll tell him about your podcast and so It's like, cool, like, you know, like, I talked to my dad, and I was like, yeah, we're meeting meeting a boxer, he's like, oh man, that's cool as shit, because he prefers boxing over (laughs) MMA for sure, so, it's stuff like that, it's just being able to spread that, and just make it possible what you can, you know, what you have, and just see where it goes. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You think, um, if you ever had the opportunity, and the money, would you ever open up a gym in Pasadena?
1: Uh, for sure. That's home. I would definitely open up a gym, and I would probably teach it myself. You know, gym. Yeah. Teach all the kids, and hopefully make some world champions. But I really wanna. I wanna build this community where. You know me, like being a local right now, a local fighter. I wanna just put, a lot of money into local fighters, that I know will, use their their platform for good and give them light and give them a chance because yeah. i know uh some people start on tv you know people from usa team people with money they go right to tv you know worldwide and i know i gotta start from the trenches i gotta start from the bottom and i gotta work my way up but i know i'm gonna definitely work my way up it's just the fact that there's so much talent and gifted athletes in the in the dark that should be in light more than what they're getting you know
2: yeah uh, yeah, like I said, or like we both said, that's why we want you on. Because I, I really do believe that there are so many people mm-hmm. um, who don't get a chance. Uh, the amount of athletes in any sport that does mm-hmm. it, that don't get their chance. Yeah, all the industries. So. But they've earned it, and they still don't get it. It's, it's really sad to see. Um, um, we were watching those bare knuckle fights earlier. Uh, some of those dudes were 50 years old, mm-hmm. and they're still doing it. And I, I hope it's because they want to, not because they have to. Because uh, if they have to, it's like, man, that's that's rough. Um, he was talking about Chuck Liddell doing it. Uh, Chuck Liddell probably doesn't have to. No. But he's doing it because he loves it, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but think of all the people who could have had that same opportunity and touched so many other lives with it. Um, Chuck Liddell helped he, he helped bring this, the eyes to MMA like very few other people did um, and when it comes to boxing like the amount of boxers who are charities giving people is insane Manny Pacquiao's got to be one of the biggest names on mm-hmm. that list yeah. Um. so him being one of them some people like have earned it and the kind of person they are alone should earn them that spot mm-hmm. uh, but I know I know a handful of guys who were great people and just never really got their shot and they end up working, you know, Pasadena. So they're working in a plant somewhere. Um, And I'm like, man, you're, you're so talented. I don't, I don't want that for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the reasons that I like getting the local names on here and getting like my friends who I know are super talented on here is that specifically is because I see you in, in, in all of our conversations so far, Mm-hmm. um, you're very grounded and you're very well-spoken and you have the right attitude for someone so young to be, and so early on into the sport. I, I think that alone, you kind of deserve some, some attention. Um, and then your skill set speaks for itself. Um, your Instagram handle is, uh, he dreams boxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everybody go check out Carlos <laughs> Nava. He dreams boxing. um, Again, the skill set speaks for itself. The character speaks for itself. You put it together, like it's got to happen. Mm-hmm. It's got to happen. And, and if it doesn't, that just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I know a handful of MMA fighters who it doesn't make sense to me that they haven't made it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not sure what it is, but they deserve it. And I, And if there's anything I can do to help get them there, I'll do it
0: and i think especially now like you know having you on is such a good time because there's such a resurgence in boxing going on Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. and um so it's like it's cool to be able to sit down and talk with somebody who's stepping into this journey you know becoming a pro boxer and be able to talk about this sport that we don't talk about too much on here but we enjoy watching just as much but there's so many good boxers out there great boxers that it's like we're able to sit here and talk about these guys you know like ryan garcia is everyone knows who that guy is now mm-hmm. you know and we talk about like gerontae davis we talk about canelo just these household names that they become tyson fury a couple others and so it's just it's pretty cool to see that because for a while nobody was really watching boxing you know i know that the cleachco brothers got a bunch of shit back in the day mm-hmm. for their fights just because they would they were point fighters you know they would go out there and they would just win fights and so um but Tyson Fury came in, he, he beat the Klitschko brother. And then he, I think he fought Vladimir, he beat Vladimir. And then Anthony Joshua comes in and actually knocks out Vladimir Klitschko with that dirty uppercut. so it was like, man, but then you see guys like him coming up too. That guy grew up rough as well. no one, uh, he talked about a little bit. He grew up on the streets of London, you know, running around doing dumb shit, got Mm -hmm. into boxing and pretty much kept him out of the streets, you know? And so it was cool to see that, you know, this one guy was going out. He's, you know, fighting in the Oli- he's boxing in the Olympics, and then now he's a pro boxer. Everybody knows who Anthony Joshua is now. Except, you know, same thing for you. You know, you're just hanging out, doing your thing, and then, you know, you, bo- you boxed in the Olympics, and now you're going to be making your pro boxing debut. And so, uh, and some of the fighters that we've talked about, too, is like, you know, you came up with them. And so you, you've either boxed them in the Olympics or you saw them boxing in the Olympics, too. Mm-hmm. And so. The thing is though there's like yeah they've gotten better but they don't know how much better you've gotten since as well, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah.
2: Like we were saying Pasadena needs it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: You, is, do you do you think that ever adds any pressure? Do you ever think about that when you're um, fighting? I always think
1: about it. Yeah. It adds a little bit of pressure, but I think pressure is good, you know. It makes yeah. makes diamonds and I think I think Pasadena like being a small city, I feel like definitely putting it on the map would open up so many opportunities for Pasadena, you know? Yeah. And I would definitely do it for the people. I'll do it for all my friends, family there. And it's always going to be home, you know, it's where yeah. I was born and raised. And of course it has its negativities, but I'm always going to love Pasadena, you know?
2: Yeah. And, and I'd also like to be clear, Pasadena is by no means horrible <laughs> or like yeah. real ghetto. It's yeah. just, it's, it's got its areas, it's bad areas, and it's got its decent areas. Mm-hmm. It's not the worst, it, but uh, I think it definitely needs uh It needs some positivity, um, like I said. The the plant jobs, that's kind of at, at a certain point, everybody has to consider a plant job mm-hmm. just because that's the biggest thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if uh, Pasadena had a really successful and home styled boxing gym. That would do wonders. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Pasadena... Does pa- how? Pasadena has boxing gyms, but they're very small. Mm-hmm. I don't think there are any, um, like, real open boxing gyms there.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be Kenny. He was probably the one yeah. that kept it. Yeah. Kenny Weldon. Um, but, yeah, I feel like if one makes it out, then all the rest have to follow, you know? Just yeah. many more after that. And
2: there's no reason they can't other than... Mm-hmm. It's Pasadena, and you feel like you're held down because yeah, was Pasadena. I gotta get out of here, but it, it really isn't like that. Um, but like I said, that's a place. It's it's that mentality of there's no real hope out there. So mm-hmm. that's what you're trying to do, trying to bring hope to these people. Yeah. No pressure, just a little <laughs> bit, just enough. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Your boxing match, uh, June 12th over in Galveston Island. Um, is there anything you want to leave off on with this, uh, with this recording? Mm,
1: Just go support June 12th at Galveston Convention Center at 6.30 PM. Just come, come and watch the show, you know?
2: Yeah. There's going to be a lot of good fights for sure. Um, a lot of local names, Again, I think a lot of nice people, a lot of really good people who are on that card. That mm-hmm. a lot of talent on. That they're about card. to get their shot, and yeah. it's it's time. Like I think, uh, same thing with the the local scene here for MMA. Yeah. Like it's time. I think it's starting yeah. to happen. Um, I think and it's a big deal. The fact
1: that COVID, you know, is yeah. kind of going away and, qu- you know, quarantine's over. More more things are open, and I know a couple names on that card, the same card as mine, that kind of gonna show out too. Rachel Lee yeah um breon uh my friend ivan my teammate oscar perez it's it's a it's full of talent like it's gonna be a good show
2: yeah i know i know ray Leeb's doing a lot of big things mm-hmm. so he's definitely one of those ones to look out for um there's demonte randall mm-hmm. uh making his second pro fight um uh, we were just, talk- just talking earlier. I saw someone comment on one of his videos or one of his posts saying, don't knock the ref down this time. <laughs> uh, Cause in his last fight, he was, he was just starting to tee off on the guy and then he turned and then knocked the ref over. Um, but again, just a lot of, a lot of good people with a lot of talent. Um, and it's just cool to see that kind of positivity being fueled in a way that is inspiring. And, more than just Pasadena needs that, the whole world needs that. Mm-hmm. So you're going go there and you're gonna kill it, man.
1: Yes, uh, thank you. Most definitely.
2: Well we appreciate you having on or having you on. <laughs> um and we'll hope to we hope to have you on soon. Um you got an idea of when you wanna be back here? Uh, I'll be back for sure.
1: Yeah. Either when I'm three and oh, five and for sure when I get my first trip. Oh yeah. First boat.
0: Got to come show out to Astrid. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, remember, that's Carlos Nava. Check him out on social media. He dreams of boxing on Instagram. Uh, if you're not with it
0: now, you don't want to miss it.